ג'ו סושלן. What is it you knuckleheads can't grasp? No, it's, just, it's good-natured teasing is what it is. It's, yes, accuracy, but sometimes... But he's right. The, the PGA played at Hazeltine in 2009 was not a tour stop any more than the Masters is a tour stop. They, they, the majors are different. Okay, okay Johnny Heights coming here in comes. here now. He just shut here the door. Go. So and we then got now this. he's going to settle okay. in. What do we got? Yeah. What do we got? Everything I'm seeing says it is an official PGA Tour stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so you're seeing it, that it is. Yes. But this John guy who wrote me, he's in the golf business. I, I'm trust, he'll have to email me back. I'm trusting he knows what he's talking okay. about. Okay, well, everything I'm finding online says it is a PGA Tour stop. I mean, I will certainly say it's not if everybody... So it's in the it's in the wording, and you do say words have meaning. So I know we've got to figure it out. But isn't that and that dovetails perfectly into what I want to discuss next? What we'll about worry the about Cup? we'll worry about the PGA stop in the in the sports section. Of right? The, of uh, the how show. about sports talk? Yeah. 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 Yes, I have thoughts. The Fairfax County Virginia School Board last week overwhelmingly approved a change to the family life education curriculum. That will replace biological sex with sex assigned at birth next year in order to recognize transgender students. By a 10 to 1 vote last Thursday night, the Fairfax County Board approved a change to the family life educational curriculum replacing biological sex with sex assigned at birth in order to recognize transgender students, according to WRC-TV. The present sex ed curriculum, now bear with me here, listen to this, something important is going to be divined here. The the present sex ed curriculum for 8th, ninth, and 10th graders says, the development of individual identity occurs over a lifetime and includes the component of sexual orientation and gender identity, and that biological sex is one of four components of individual identity, WRC reported. And the change went through despite what appears to have been an overwhelming opposition to it. School district records show that between May 10 and June 8, the district got 192 emails supporting the terminology change and 941 emails opposing the change. Uh, Groups ranging from the Fairfax County Republican Committee to the Catholic Diocese of Arlington opposed the change in terminology. A lot of the people who are opposed to the change are making the point that what we want kids to learn is biology, not ideology, Father Thomas P. Ferguson of the Arlington Diocese said. Well, that's a great point. Well, we we want kids to learn biology, not ideology. Uh, A woman, her voice breaking at one point as she spoke to the board, said she proposed, said the proposed curriculum change will imprison students in half-truths and lies. Biological sex is not a mistake. It's not a stigma. It's not a choice. But another woman wearing a clerical collar said, I applaud these recommendations. Sexuality education must benefit all young people, all of our young people. Okay. What is lost when you take out the term biological sex and replace it with sex assigned at birth. What is lost? Facts. Truth. The truth. Right. If you if you say sex assigned at birth, how you are accommodating the transgender student is by allowing them to believe 
that their sex was merely a matter of whimsy, capriciousness, something assigned to them uh, arbitrarily by maybe Nurse Ratchet wrote it down. I think this is a boy, or or maybe the maybe the doctor. Uh, so they're saying what they're saying is we no longer believe the truth of biological sex. What we believe is that happens to be the sex you were assigned at birth, but that suggests that's that's an that's an assignment for, that you can then change. Open for discussion. Yeah. At another later point in life. English teacher Mary Matthewson told the station she supports the curriculum change because it makes a clearer distinction between sex assigned at birth and gender identity. Okay. Well, so so if you're for this change, what you are for is the idea that your gender is merely a matter of you choosing it. That has nothing to do with the biological component of your swimsuit area. Has nothing to do with that. Your gender can be whatever you want it to be, and thus we're making this change in our uh, curriculum for 8th, ninth, and 10th grade. It's no longer uh, uh, sex, a biological uh, assignment. It's, what do you, it's no longer what do you got? Yeah. What do you got? What do you want it to be? Mm-hmm. Wow. The board also removed phrases in the dress code that members said discriminated against girls and led to body shaming. So the phrase low-cut necklines that show cleavage and clothing will be replaced with otherwise sexually provocative. I don't know what that means. You can't replace biological sex with sex assigned at birth unless your agenda is, and clearly this, this is the agenda of this particular school board, you can only make that change if your agenda is to fully corroborate the idea that your sexual identity is merely a personal choice of yours and has nothing to do with your biology. So, so that's what they accomplished. They're they're not they're 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 removing the truth of the words biological sex and replacing them with the arbitrary words sex assigned at birth, which makes it sound like back at the hospital when you were born in 1998, uh, some nurse just wrote down that you were a boy or a girl. You, you don't have to accept that. Well, it, it's just utter nonsense. The tr- the mystery is bringing about the elimination of truth. It's discarding truth. And the only way you can be party to that, party to this change in phrase, because words mean something. These words now do not mean anything. Biological sex means something. You come out of the womb, there you are. You're either a boy or or a girl. Right. 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 Now, but if you say sex assigned at birth, it makes it sound as though though someone in, in power decided that you were a boy or a girl. No, that's 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 not what happened at all at birth. You you had a biological uh, you had a biological equipment that suggests that didn't suggest that said you were male or female. Boom, boom, cut and dry. Yeah, no debate. That's- but apparently that makes transgender kids uncomfortable because they want to be more appreciated for the for the for the life choice they're making, which is to deny the biology of their birth and embrace what embrace the completely arbitrary notion that they're, they can be whatever they want to be. Oh. You know what it is? 
It's a fine how do you do. It's a fine how do you do. Mm-hmm. I thought that one was a doozy. They can't keep making up the rules. Yeah, well. I guess they are, though. Not enough pushback there. No, there should be put. Well, maybe the arch. In fact, to- you're making the change in the. You could even break it down further. You're making the. In Arlington, Virginia, or Fairfax County, Virginia, they're making a change to accommodate what I would imagine would be an extraordinarily small number of students. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And But this squeaky wheel's getting all the grease. It really does. of Garage Logic 98, College of Self-Esteem, Sin, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Suchere. When did this big tub of mixed nuts get here? I believe it was in your at... When were you gone last week? I was here all week. Maybe it was uh, Friday at 3. Oh, maybe that's it. It came in the afternoon. It came when you were not here. It looks like Bob and Julie Kunzer. Yeah. They they love... uh, They do a lot of driving, and they love the podcast, and they... uh, they sent us a big tub of mixed nuts. Where are they? I got them in here. They were in the, the Johnny Hyde I'll drawer. I'll put them in the Johnny Hyde drawer. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah, I'll put them in the Johnny That's Hyde drawer. That's our you. afternoon snack stash. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't ask for gifts, but they sure are nice. Oh, yeah. Who's line one, please? That'd be George, sir. George. Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, you glanced over the fact that they wanted to change your language about dress code, take out low cut and uh, showing cleavage and go with something that what is sexually permissive to a person? I have no idea. They uh, The story didn't contain any information about that. Okay, because I was going to say, I mean, cleavage either showing or not, it's clear cut and low cut, you know, you can see what that is. But if something's sexually permissive, they're going to change the wording to that. I mean, a Catholic priest and, you know, a kid that grew up around mom being a stripper would have two different ideas of what's sexually permissive. I, w- I would think so, yeah. Once again, they're given the choice to choose, you know, what child do you want your what sex do you want your kid to be, or what do you think is sexually permissive to have your kids go to school, you know, dressed in? Thanks, you. Thanks, George. Am I taking line two, Reavers, Russ, Russ? Hi, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all for the uh, same-sex bathroom stuff because my wife and I, when we go to uh, festivals. If there's a shorter line at the women's bathroom versus the men's bathroom, I'll go into the women's with her and say, well, just tell them I'm your older sister with a beard. Mm-hmm. And if we go into the men's bathroom, you're my younger brother without a beard. So. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> yep. You're not assigned anything when you're born. No, it's 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 like words. You, you, you come out of the chute. Yeah, you're seven pounds, eight pounds. Yep. They pat you on the back or do what they ever got to do to get you start crying. Yep. At some point you look and they go, hey, we got a boy or we got a girl. You know, you're not assigned anything. And at that point as a parent. So you, so the school board, in my estimation, this school board in Virginia acted irresponsibly because what they're willing to do is sacrifice the words of truth. That's, and to me, that's not acceptable. Well, as a, but do you think this, the parent... As soon as that child comes out, boom, you're labeled male or female. You're not labeled anything. You are a male or a female. Okay, so that those boxes should be checked off one or the other. Yeah. I think part of the problem is these parents 
I don't want my Johnny to be circ- uh, uh, um, forced to live as a male. What if he wants? Well, they're they're putting the cart before the horse. That's I, down I, I, the I road. I get it. I get it. I get it. If he it. wants to play with Barbie dolls when he's five, let him play with Barbie dolls. It's okay. I get it. But here's the other. Here's the thing. I'm really wrestling with. Uh, this is the same crowd uh, that would throw a science paper in your face to back up their claims that <laughs> that the climate is changing. Yes. It's caused by mom's minivan. To the best of my knowledge, there's there's no science uh, uh, that addresses this issue. Uh, there's I understand that kids can struggle with their sexual identities. I, I get that. That's but entire, not right out of the womb. That's entirely normal. Uh, but you can't throw away the truth of biological sex and replace it with sex assigned at birth because that makes it sound as though. It was in somebody else's power to have assigned you that whatever sex you happen to be. Well, you want to really get heavy? Then what you're doing, you weren't, you were made by your maker, basically. So, so what you're, what you're really challenging here too, or is, is a theological truth that you were made through the good graces of, a, of, of God. You could look at it that way. And not what the school board is saying. Now that can't be it. Now, don't worry about that. No, that can't be it. This God, is just, he kind of messes yeah. up sometimes. Here's another. Here's a. Let's stay with the failed academy. Okay. But then I have a surprise for you in the last segment of the show. Oh, oh boy! Really? We got something. You got another gift over a there. A retired Muslim professor from the University of Connecticut previously required students to take off their shoes before entering his office, as well as praising Allah. See, I would have had trouble with that. Yeah. Yeah. Felix Coe, a Muslim and retired professor of biology at the University of Connecticut, reportedly demanded students remove their shoes before entering the office. According to campus reform, Coe, who retired uh, over the last year, taped signs outside of his campus office that told students to remove their shoes before entering the office. Another sign required students to say Bismillah, an Arabic phrase that means in the name of Allah, prior to entering the office. Uh, One side one sign said, remove shoes before entering. The other sign read, knock first, then request entry, say Bismala. In a video shared on Tuesday uh, by Jihad Watch, whatever the hell that is, such signs are visible and Cole can be heard telling a student, I'm a Muslim. You don't come into my office with dirty shoes. That's a curse. After the student asked about the shoe policy, Cole can be heard telling the student to get the hell out. In another portion of the video, a man is filmed approaching Coe's office. When he gets to Coe's door, he asks about the shoe policy as well as the sign on the door in, uh, encouraging those who request entry to say Bismala. I want to know why these signs are necessary, the unidentified man asked the professor. Why would a student have to take their shoes off? Why would a student have to say Bismala? Coe said, because I'm a Muslim and I don't want them coming in my office with dirty feet. Uh Undeterred, the man continues, but this is your office. This is not a prayer space. We have a separate place for a prayer. If a Christian put in here in Jesus' name, what would this? Uh, what would happen? Uh, this uh, this video apparently was recorded in December. I'll give the guy. I'll give him the shoes. Yeah, but it's not for cleanliness purpose purposes. It's for no, no. I'm, I'm going to give the I'm going to give this crackpot the shoe request. Really? Okay. Yeah, but I'm not giving him the Bismala. No. No. Where was this? University of Connecticut. Oh my God. Reggie? Uh, yeah, Joe. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid to say I, be- I belong in this group that uh, needed to be told 
when we was in the hospital having our firstborn, I thought I saw what I thought I saw, and I said, it's a boy. And the doctor said, look again. <laughs> and he got out. Wait a minute. See? Huh? We've made progress. We have. And he, 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 was he a- hung up on before you cut him off. What progress have we just made? He didn't try to do one more funny thing where, where he always blows it out of the water. Was that? That was, was Ingy. Was that Ingy? He was. was funny, and he got out. <laughs> he was in. He's improving. He yes. Ingy's improving. Uh, normally, he would go, and one more thing. Yeah. I was on my route, he'd and step I saw over, a raccoon. He'd step all over his own bit, wouldn't right, he? Right, right. He got in, and nice he got job, out. Nice job, Ingy. Huh. Uh, Stephanie Reitz, a spokesperson for the University of Connecticut, told Fox News that Cole retired after the video was filmed and the signs were taken down from the satellite campus in Hartford. Regarding this instance, the sign that had directed guests to proceed uh, to precede their conversations with a specific Arabic phrase was immediately removed at the university's direction. Reed said, UConn promptly resolved the issue in a manner that respects the rights of all involved and affirms the university's values of civility and inclusivity. Blah, 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 blah. Just more boilerplate BS from the, from the failed academy. This guy, I'm going to give the guy the shoes. I'm going to give this crackpot the shoes. Right? I ain't giving him the Bismala. Give him the business. We'll be back shortly. But now, thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated, it's Frank Miller from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. Well, as trading begins to wind down on Wall Street stocks, still seeing some weakness amid worries about escalating trade tensions between the U.S. and China. Those tensions come after the president placed tariffs on certain Chinese goods last week due to what he calls unfair trade practices. That statement said the list does not include goods that are commonly purchased by American consumers like cell phones and televisions. Traders also keeping an eye on developments in Germany, as if losing in the World Cup to Mexico wasn't bad enough. The country is now facing political uncertainty. Chancellor Angela Merkel's leadership under threat over migrant issues, which could have substantial repercussions in Europe. Well, agrochemical giant Monsanto is defending itself in court against accusations that its Roundup weed killer product caused a customer's cancer. 46-year-old former school groundskeeper in California is suing the company, saying that he regularly used the product up to 30 times a year, and he blames the product for his medical conditions. And on the economic front, the National Association of Home Builders said that home builder confidence dropped in June. I'm Frank Miller with Your Money Now, 1500 ESPN. All right, thank you very much, Frankie. Uh, Bruce must be taking a couple of days off, but that's okay. Hey, if you have been taking your fantasy golf appointments off, why don't you get back in the game here? The 2018 Fantasy Golf Challenge is on right now. And if you'd like to see what's going on, see the standings. If you beat Reavers or Suchi Boy or Roycey, check them out right online your 1500ESPN.com. For every major, you Pick your own fantasy golf team and then find out if you can beat the pros. It's all waiting for you. It is the 2018 Fantasy Golf Challenge and it's waiting for you at 1500ESPN.com. While you're there, even though Father's Day is over, reward yourself with something from the deals page. Deals icon. Click it right there. 1500ESPN.com. Keyword auction. Commencing Garage Logic Segment Number 8. You know you gotta 
Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 73 degrees. This update brought to you by MetaFast. On uh, this PGA Tour thing, can I, can I put this to rest? Oh, okay. On the PGA website, it says, here's your list of PGA Tour stops. And then it lists August 9th through the 12th, the PGA Championship at the Belle Reve Country Club in St. Louis. So wouldn't that mean it's an official stop? <laughs> Just saying. If you go to the PGA Tour schedule, it mm-hmm. lists the Masters, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, and the PGA Championship. But they are not run by the Tour and are not considered a Tour stop. Okay. To qualify to play, you do not have to be on the Tour, but must and then uh, John provides a list of qualifications. So they list them. I it's see. a distinction without much of a difference, yeah. but it's. A, but I get what he's saying. The four majors mm-hmm. are not tour stops. Not everyone can play in them. I understand. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right I think I get it. Yeah. So they just list them as a convenience, basically. I so, guess. So you know that they're there. And the St. Paul Open used to be held at Keller. That was a, mm-hmm. a regular tour stop. Uh huh. Got it. All right. Uh, the Twin Cities. Yeah, <laughs> what leads back to all this? The Twin Cities is back on the regular PGA Tour schedule for the first time since 1969. Tour officials and 3M announcing a seven-year agreement today that'll bring a PGA stop to the TPC Twin Cities in Blaine for a new FedEx Cup season event starting next summer. Dates for the 3M Open will be announced in the coming weeks as the 2018-19 schedule is set. The Champions Tour event held at TPC Twin Cities will be contested for the last. Last time, August 3rd through the 5th, that event started in 1993. Now, my last sentence, I don't think I'm going to read, but I might leave it in no, and read it later just for the heck of it. Twins. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, 3M Open will be the first official PGA Tour event in Minnesota since the 2009 PGA Championship. But that's that's not necessarily an inaccurate statement. Read it. Read it. Read the sentence again. The 3M Open will be the first official PGA Tour event in Minnesota since the 2009 PGA Championship. Well then, what 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 category does the Ryder Cup fall under? Uh, neither. It, that has it nothing to do with the okay the tour. The Twins are off today, back home tomorrow against the Red Sox. That'll kick off a six-game homestand, three games against the Red Sox, and three against the Rangers. Uh, the Twins also have released uh, an infielder you may know the name of, Taylor Featherstone. Uh, he uh, was with Rochester. He's had some major league experience. That's why the Twins signed him. Uh, 28 years old, appeared in the majors uh, 2015 through 2017. Uh, really good defensive uh, infielder, apparently, but uh, he can't hit. Had that problem we in the got majors. got plenty of those. Yeah. And hit uh, in the minors this year either, hitting only 167 with Rochester. So he was released. Uh, we do have a oh. breaking news item out of the world of hockey, too, Joe. Mm-hmm. Barry Trotz has resigned as the coach of the Washington Capitals. Really? Who just won the cup. Go out on top? Mm-hmm. He must have not gotten the contract, the contract he, he wanted. wanted. Because if he's a free agent, he's going to get a big deal. Mm-hmm. Hmm. News notes from today, the 990-foot American spirit stuck in the Duluth Harbor Sunday afternoon was removed about 10 o'clock last night. The Coast Guard said it floated free from the bottom due to a water level rise in the harbor. It proceeded under its own power with tug assistance to the Husky fuel dock. A guard said an examination of the interior and exterior of the ship's hull took place overnight. The safety zone established around the ship is no longer in effect. U.S. Coast Guard Marine Safety Unit in Duluth was searching for signs of pollution in the area to identify any threats to the environment. The motor vessel was trying to turn out of the Duluth Harbor, fully loaded with taconite yesterday, when it ran aground at about 3.30. The cause of the incident is under investigation. Did you see any of that video? No. Those things are hard to move, huh? Yeah. 
They, it's uh, tough to move the old freighter around. Yep. Tug assistance. <laughs> right. Manager for the Minnesota Renaissance Festival charged with two counts of first-degree criminal sexual conduct after authorities say he sexually assaulted a photographer during the 2017 festival. He was in court this morning for a bail hearing. Bail set for Carr Hagerman at $100,000 with conditions. According to the complaint, on October 30th of last year, the Scott County Sheriff's Office alerted to a report of a rape that allegedly occurred at the Renaissance Festival. However, the woman did not want to identify the suspect, later identified as Hankerman out of fear for her safety. During an interview in November, she told a detective the assault occurred during the second to last weekend of the festival. She'd been working as a part-time photographer for the festival. When authorities questioned Hagerman about the incident, he denied ever being alone with the victim. Defense attorney Piper Kenny maintained Hagerman's innocence, saying the allegations against him are a he-said-she-said situation. Hagerman manages several hundred entertainers at the fair. He's also been a regular performer at the Renaissance Festival for almost 40 years. Is he bunky or chewy or whatever? I read over the weekend who he played, but I don't recall. I'm sorry to report. He's not the rat catcher, huh? You You know know what job I would want? Oh. I shouldn't say. Uh, yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, I, was, I don't know. It was in a weekend story, but uh, that rang a bell. Right do now. they still do the insult wall there where you throw the tomatoes at the guy that's hurt? That'd be a fun job. Yeah, I want to hurl insults know. at I've people. I've never uh, come up with a reason to figure out why I should go to that. Really? It's kind of fun. I went once. That's, that you know, was enough. You got your fill. I like to go to the Renaissance. I got my fill. Exactly. Well, it's out my neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. It does make the traffic a bit problematic on old 169 once in a while. They moved now, though, didn't they? I think they moved. Oh, they did? More news coming up right now. Here we go. How are you? Uh, Tesla is looking into how one of its cars appeared to suddenly catch fire on a busy street near Los Angeles. Cell phone video shows flames. Cars catch fire all the time. That's why I got insurance. (laughs) Cell phone video shows flames shooting out of the electric vehicle last week. Local authorities said it could have been a faulty battery, but Tesla said it's too early to know exactly what happened. A Model S quickly caught fire in West Hollywood. Actress Mary McCormick tweeting cell phone video of the fire, saying it belonged to her husband. Tesla is calling the incident extraordinarily unusual. In a statement, the company said our initial investigation shows that the cabin of the vehicle was totally unaffected by the fire due to our battery architecture, which is designed to protect the cabin in the very rare event a battery fire occurs. Tesla maintains it takes extraordinary measures to protect passengers from fires. It says fires in their cars are 10 times less likely than to happen in their car than in a gas-powered car. Rat catcher. Rat catcher. Yes. Okay, so we did play the rat catcher. An extremely rare bicorn or two-pointed hat that was worn by Napoleon at the Battle of Waterloo sold at auction today in France for $325,000. The hat went under the hammer for $325,052 at the Lyon-based auction house De Bacouc. De Bacouc told Fox News the hat was bought by a private European collector who's passionate about that period of the First French Empire. The Battle of Waterloo fought June 18, 1815, saw Napoleon's forces defeated by a British-led Allied army. By the end of the 10-hour battle, 45,000 soldiers were either dead or wounded, although some estimates put the casualty count even higher. Last military engagement fought by Napoleon, Waterloo marked the end of the Napoleonic Wars. After Napoleon fled the battlefield, the hat was collected by Dutch Dragoon Captain Baron Arnott Jacques van Zulgen, according to the auction house. The hat, one of 120 hats that Napoleon's believed to have worn during his lifetime. Only 19 of the hats are still in existence. 
They're always kind of a weird I'm thing. It's an odd thing to have kept track of. <laughs> right, right. Well, here's how it worked, apparently. The auction house said there were always 12 hats in service for Napoleon, each of them having a life of three years, and they were renewed at a rate of four per year. Valets, he must have had a hat guy. Yeah. Well, valets would wear the hats to break them in before they were worn by Napoleon. He wore his... Huh. Well, he had to have his hat broken. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't like these yeah. new. You know, the manufacturers these days they just the hats are too new. So he right? was like a hat fluffer, kind of that. Yeah, that exactly. Kind of deal. Yeah. Napoleon wore his trademark. Something like that. Wore his trademark hat sideways. Anybody know why? I don't. I like don't. Fernando Rodney to honor his father, yes. who was uh, <laughs> shielding himself from the sun. No, he wore them so that in battle troops would recognize him. So they'd know the the guy with his hat on sideways. Well, wouldn't the opposition then know that he had well, the hat on sideways? Yeah, I right. suppose. Yeah. So he's, suppose. this is a way to show his courage. Yeah, because social media hadn't really taken off back yeah. then. Not yet. No. Well, wait. I, so why would it? So that they wouldn't fire at him? Is that well? So they could take orders. I would assume oh. in case he's telling you know taking the sword and going whatever. They must have signs to do whatever you know attack yeah, hat or guy. Hat guy. An airplane towed banner broke loose came down near New Jersey's State House, fluttering to the ground and shattering the rear windshield of a parked car. The banner fell under clear skies last Thursday as the plane flew over the state's capital before it hit a black Kia sedan. It carried an advertisement for expanding pre-kindergarten. Emblazoned on the banner was the Pre-K Hourway, a nonprofit that pushes for bringing pre-kindergarten to additional towns. Group said in a statement, no one appeared injured. The plane company dispatched someone to the scene. It wasn't immediately known what caused the banner to fall. No injuries reported. Can you guys read banners on planes? I can, I I can really never can. read them. I never. No, can they're read too. Them. It's too. Like, not with yeah. my eyes. I, I, I always think it's to. a waste of money for whoever's putting right. the money up because I can't see it. Well, that plane slowed down. I can't read no, it. No, not going fast. <laughs> just too far away. And the banners are too small. The writing's too small. So I got a great uh, uh, news. Uh, uh, uncharacteristically, great news of a great professor coming up. Cool. Now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Souchere. Here's Dave Dahl. But Joe, before we go to Mr. Dave Dahl, I got a little uh, sponsor. Not a little sponsor, a huge sponsor, Duluth Trading Company. They've got locations in Fridley, Woodbury, Duluth, and uh, Bloomington. Thank you, Joe. Here's Dave Dahl. Yeah, we're up to 73 degrees now. That's uh, climbing a couple degrees an hour. We may make it to 75 uh, clouds and some scattered light showers still on the east and northeast side of the Twin Cities. To the west and southwest, a little bit of a break. So we may get a break from the rain showers through this evening. And then they'll redevelop after midnight tonight, probably even toward morning, sometime between about 3 and 5 a.m. Uh, temperatures drop down to 62. Those thunderstorms could linger uh, past the morning rush hour, but then it should start to um, clear out after that. Partly sunny late tomorrow, 78 for the high. Wednesday, mostly sunny and warmer, up to 82. We're going to stay in the lower 80s through the end of the week and into the weekend as well. Should be dry most of the rest of the week. Friday has a slim chance, an isolated shot at a shower or a thunderstorm, 82 for the high then. But again, over the weekend, looking dry and nice. Temperatures in the lower 80s for highs. Quite a difference from the heat and humidity we had this past weekend. 73 right now, Joe, and I have the records for the day. June 18th. 98 on the state. 98. In 1953. In 1953. And 39. 39. In 1876. In 1876. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right, pay attention in there. Got it. Focus. Got it.
uh, frequent emailer Dave Arneson alerted me to this. It's a piece written by Adam J. McLeod, okay. who is a law professor. He is uh, he is an associate professor of law at Jones School of Law at Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama. All right. He says, I teach in a law school. For several years now, my students have been mostly millennials. Contrary to stereotype, I have found that the vast majority of them want to learn. But true to stereotype, I increasingly find that most of them cannot think don't know very much, and are enslaved to their appetites and feelings. Mm. Their minds are held hostage in a prison fashioned by elite culture and their undergraduate professors. They cannot learn until their minds are freed from that prison. This year in my Foundations of Law course for first-year law students, I found my students especially impervious to the ancient wisdom of foundational texts such as Plato's Credo, and the Code of Hammurabi. Many of them were quick to to dismiss unfamiliar ideas as classist and racist, and thus unable to engage with those ideas on its merits. So a couple of weeks into the semester, I decided to lay down some ground rules. I gave them these rules just before beginning our annual unit on legal reasoning. Here is the speech I gave them. Before I can teach you how to reason, I first must teach you how to rid yourself of unreason. For many of you have not yet been educated. You have been diseducated. To put it bluntly, you have been indoctrinated. Before you learn how to think, you first have to learn to stop unthinking. Hmm. Reasoning requires you to understand truth claims, even truth claims that you think are false or bad or just icky. Most of you have been taught to label things with various isms, which prevent you from understanding claims you find uncomfortable or difficult. Reasoning requires correct judgment. Judgment involves making distinctions and discriminating. Most of you have been taught how to avoid critical evaluative judgments by appealing to simplistic terms such as diversity and equality. It's a long piece. I'm not going to read the whole thing. He's got rules. Here are the three rules for attending his class. All right. Take your shoes off. The only ism I ever want to come out of your mouth is a syllogism. If I catch you using an ism or its analogous ist, racist, classist, etc., then you will not be permitted to continue speaking until you have first identified which ism you are guilty of at that very moment. You are not allowed to fault others for being biased or privileged until you have first identified and examined your own biases and privileges. Two, If I catch you this semester using the words fair, diversity, or equality, or a variation on those terms, and you do not stop immediately to explain what you mean, you will lose your privilege to express any further opinions in class (laughs) until you first demonstrate that you understand three things about the view that you are criticizing. And three, if you ever begin a statement with the words, I feel, before continuing, you must cluck like a chicken or make some other suitable animal sound. (laughs) This is fantastic. Pushback. This, this is fantastic. We got a little pushback. This guy obviously had, had gotten to the point where he had enough, huh? Yeah. Uh, let me see here. Uh, first, except when describing an ideology, you are not to use a word that ends in ism. Communism, socialism, Nazism, and capitalism are established concepts in history and the social sciences, and those terms can be used fruitfully to gain knowledge and promote understanding. Classism, sexism, materialism, cisgenderism, and yes, even racism are generally not used as meaningful or productive terms, at least as you have been taught to use them. Most of the time, they do not promote understanding. Well, he's right. In fact, when it comes to racism, the word doesn't even mean anything anymore. Uh, 
In fact, isms prevent you from learning. You have been taught to slap an ism on things that you don't even understand or that make you feel uncomfortable or that make you uncomfortable because you do not understand them. But slapping a label on the box without first opening the box and examining its contents is a form of cheating. This guy's brilliant. This is some good stuff. Uh, One of the falsehoods that has been stuffed into your brain and pounded into place (laughs) is that moral knowledge progresses inevitably such that later generations are morally intellectually superior to earlier generations and that the older the source, the more morally suspect that source is. There is a term for that. It's called chronological snobbery or to use a term that you might understand more easily, ageism. Second, you have been taught to resort to two moral values above all others, diversity and equality. These are important values if properly understood, but the way most of you have been taught to understand them makes you irrational and unreasoning. For you have been taught that we must have as much diversity as possible and that equality means that everyone must be made equal. But equal simply means the same. To say that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is to say that 2 plus 2 is numerically the same as 4. And diversity simply means difference. So when you say that we should have diversity and equality, you are saying we should have difference and sameness. That is incoherent. Two things cannot be different at the same time in the same way. Uh, Here, here. Furthermore, diversity and equality are not the most important values. In fact, neither diversity nor equality is valuable at all in its own right. I love when my views are corroborated. (laughs) Diversity is a fact. It's not a value. It's a fact. Uh, Some diversity is bad. For example, if slavery is inherently wrong, as I suspect we all think it is, then a diversity of views about the morality of slavery is worse than complete agreement that slavery is wrong. Similarly, equality is not to be desired for its own sake. Nobody is equal in all respects. We are all different, which is to say that we are all not the same, which is to say that we are unequal in many ways, and that is generally a good thing. Uh, And you do not know what the word fair means. It does not just mean equality, nor does it mean something that you do not like. For now, you will have to take my word for this, but we will examine fairness from time to time throughout this semester. And finally, don't bother to tell me how you feel about a topic. Tell me what you think about it. Well, here, here to this guy, huh? I think that's, I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's what we call pushback. I think so. Yes. I think so. Uh, you know, and they're out there. I, they're few and far between in the in the destroyed academy. Well, I'm but, glad we can catch them when we can. But they're out there. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. If you want to read uh, that law professor's entire speech to his class, yeah. It's called Undoing the Diseducation of Millennials. Undoing the Diseducation of Millennials. And it was printed in something called New Boston Post. All one word. Capital N, capital B, capital P. New Boston Post. Undoing the Diseducation of Millennials. I I would recommend it. It's great reading. He gets it. He hit it right on the head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why? He's probably been listening to this show. (laughs) <laughs> well, you can view the podcast, and if you're listening on the podcast, tell others. Tell everybody else you know about Garage yeah, you get, Logic. You can get your whole Garage Logic groups together in your various yes. cities. Yes, yeah. clubs, and watch the Feels Good channel. Yes, yeah. the Good Deeds or Good Deeds. That's channel. already been right. done. <laughs>
sports is coming up. I, I hope we've set aside the, any controversy that we created about a PGA Tour stop. Yes, sir. I'm I'm of the belief that we're going to get a PGA Tour stop next summer that will be the first since the St. Paul Open left the Twin Cities back in the 60s. Okay. That's that's how I'm going to leave that. We'll settle that later. 1500 gotcha. ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 71.